Hi, I'm Jen. I love watching horror movies. I also have PTSD and I go to a lot of therapy. I'm Lara. I have anxiety and depression and love having the shit scared out of me. <laughs> Wait, what? I'm Mike. I'm a therapist and I love riffing on horror movies. We love watching horror movies. We love them for how much they scare us and for how much they help us. Because we love talking about mental health, a.k.a. how crazy we are, and the role the horror genre can play in our wellness and self-care, we've started a brand new podcast called Psycho Analysis. Each episode, we'll talk about a movie and how it relates to a different topic in the mental health field. Our episodes drop every other Thursday starting on July 9th on the Consequence Podcast Network. Listen to find out how, how horror can, can heal. heal. <laughs> Consequence Podcast Network. My name is Abigail Fremantle. You come see me at Hemingford Hall. Hello? Anyone alive out there? Gonna My friendship to all of you precludes my involvement with any one of you But if you want to make love, then I do too And I'll be right there behind you All in the name of oh All in the name of oh All in the name of oh Greetings, constant listeners, and welcome to another episode of the Losers Club, a Stephen King podcast presented by the Consequence Podcast Network. You're probably looking at your feed and wondering, what the hell is happening? I just got a three-hour episode on insomnia, and now there's this, uh, we actually don't know what the runtime is going to be, but I assume it's going to be you know abbreviated episode considering uh, the, the lengths that the Losers Club usually do. And oh my God, they're talking about the Stan teaser trailer. How have I not seen this yet? I should watch it now before I go and listen to this episode that I'm currently streaming on my iPod or my iPhone or wherever smartphone I'm using because you can't use, uh, uh, you can't listen to podcasts on an iPod. I just realized that. Anyway. <laughs> I am Michael Nick Andros Rothman uh, here reporting live from Hemingford home and I hear some growling outside and we're going to talk about why in just a second. Um, the good news is, is that uh, I see a, a figure emerging uh, from the, the corn stalks <laughs> and I believe he's wearing a Chicago Cubs hat. <laughs> Oh, wow. Hey, yeah, I just got through here. This is uh, Justin James Marsden Gerber. Uh, just escaped from the clutches of this insane former nurse in Colorado, and I found myself in some corn stalks, so I felt pretty happy about where I was headed. And then I got an ominous warning from this woman named Mother Abigail Fremantle. So we'll see how it turns out. Well, I, I hope it turns out, out well. Um, this is uh, very exciting. I'm, I, I, w- I came here in the hopes that I was going to have a, a fun, uh, nice meal with everyone. Uh, and I guess I just got here too early. Uh, so it's good to know that we, we've, uh, we, you know, we're not here alone. Oh, my God, there's a third. 
Hey, this is Jen, Mother Abigail Adams, and <laughs> I've got some bad news for you guys. Oh, oh no. no. <laughs> Are know. all my It'll... dreams coming true? <laughs> is, this... <laughs> is it the end of the yeah. world? <laughs> it, yeah. Le- well, not quite yet, but I mean, yeah, it's going to get kind of rough. And Oof. like, my guitar is gone, so I can't even like sing a pleasant song about it. Well, it's a bummer, too, because I brought some uh, super glue with me. Having known uh, that Flea of the Red Hot Chili Peppers fame uh, used it on his fingers when he would start chafing. So if it started Mm. bleeding over your guitar while you're strumming it, I had a solution. But, hey, we're not going to have to deal with that. Um, All right. Well, all joking uh, aside. (laughs) uh, (laughs) This is a deadly serious episode. Yeah, right? Oh, my God. We got to get get our serious cap on. Um, But no, (laughs) this is kind of crazy. So we were just sitting there. I I was literally eating my dinner and watching (laughs) the Lady Gaga episode, uh, a clip on the VMAs um, with Ariana Grande. And all of a sudden, I noticed on our news schedule uh, for Consequence of Sound, there was the stand, uh, the, yeah. the teaser trailer, 30 seconds, and just literally looked like probably like a spit take gif, just like, like, and didn't even know what to do. I was like, all right, do I write it up fast? Do I watch it? What do I do? It's 30 seconds. Let me just watch it real quick. And God, watching it over and over again now, I realized how much they actually wedged into this trailer um kind of took us a surprise this literally happened like an hour and a half ago posted on socials and then you know a few of you were like emergency pods so we were like okay well we got to do this um and so we you know we banded together here at heming for home um went through a finney apparently and managed to get here but um so before i do a rundown of the teaser trailer which is literally just a tv ad it's 30 seconds long um, but th- before I go through the rundown, what are our initial thoughts uh, on this? Uh, you know, Justo, what do you think about this 30 seconds of of the stand, Josh Boone's The Stand, which we hadn't seen any footage of until tonight, which is kind of crazy. Well, you, you mentioned Josh Boone. And <laughs> yeah. um, Josh Boone is in, the, is in the news for many reasons right now. Uh, not a lot of them positive. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my my honest take is I'm my my reaction has been a little tempered I think over the last couple of days, you know we were all kind of waiting to see what happened with New Mutants so this mm-hmm. timing is is really strange to drop yeah. this while this is all fresh in our minds, mm-hmm. but it's about time I feel like they started filming this 25 years ago and I know. this mm-hmm. thing's now going to be coming out in what four months Jen it's, is that right Something like, yeah. yeah December 17th which is which is kind of crazy because it's the Thursday. And all of the eves this year, like, uh, I'm not talking about Eve 6. I'm talking about Christmas Eve <laughs> and New Year's Eve. They're all Thursdays also. So we're technically oh. going to be getting new episodes of The Stand on, like, Christmas Eve and, like, New Year's Eve, which is kind of weird. Um, I mean, I guess it makes sense holiday-wise everyone's like, going to be home, but I don't know. It's odd. like little gifts to us. They are. Yeah, it's a true nightmarish gifts, people choking <laughs> yeah. to death. For, for, especially for this year. Like, <laughs> right. It's very no interesting. Joke. Um Jen, what, do you, what were your initial thoughts just coming? I mean, I literally texted you. What were you doing? I was point? actually editing a psychoanalysis episode, and I saw that, and I think I immediately started crying. I was like, oh, my God, it's here. I get to see it. Um, I think my first thought was, oh, my gosh, this looks real. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm. there's a, a look I get. I don't know if it's more gritty or just kind of more modern than the um, the miniseries. And I guess that's like probably an unfavorable comparison because that was like, what, 25 years ago television. Um, yeah. But it just looks 
it looks like they're taking the story seriously Mm -hmm. and it Mm -hmm. looks like the production value is high, which was something that I was really nervous about when I found out it was going to be, well, CBS All Access and just on television. Yeah. Yeah. So I was glad to see that. Yeah. That, I, I honestly got, I got chills and I just, I think it, it could have been literally just like, you know, Whoopi Goldberg, like staring at the screen and being like, hey, it's Whoopi Goldberg. Um, mm-hmm. I just want to let you know that the stand is hitting CBS All Access <laughs> on December 17th. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I probably would have been like, oh my God. Just because I've been like, like what Justin's saying, it feels like it has been in pre-production hell forever. Um, mm-hmm. Not even just involving CBS All Access, but back when like, you know, fucking uh, Ben Affleck was supposed to adapt it or a Scott oh, Cooper at one point, mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. even had the the reins for it. So it is kind of crazy to actually see this come to fruition and knowing that mm-hmm. we're a few months away, you know, and what, it just sucks that we literally have an election literally before this. So who mm-hmm. the fuck knows at that point what's going to happen between mm-hmm. now and December 17th. But um, it's here and we got to see a lot. And I will mm-hmm. say there is for 30 seconds, 12 and I th- maybe 13 seconds of it devoted strictly to just, just the scene with um, Mother Abigail and Franny. Mm-hmm. They wedge in a lot in that 17 seconds uh, remaining. Um, so I'm going to go through all the shots. We can kind of talk about uh, things that we want to talk about with each different shot. Um, the The first thing we do see uh, is the, is Franny's dream of Mother Abigail um, of, you know, you're coming to see me at Hemingford home. Um, and it's really, that's the first thing we ever see of this entire miniseries, which is wild. And now I, it's been a while since I've read the book, uh, early 2017. Um, I know that like in the show, the original miniseries with Mitch, with McGarris's miniseries, we never see Franny have a dream of mother Abigail. It's always been, that was kind of just something like she talked about. I think I don't. Th- I, I mm-hmm. think it was always Stu. We we only saw Stu and maybe Nick Andros. I think in the miniseries. You know, it's funny the book and and miniseries for me have bled together so much over right? the years. I swear, there's a dream mm-hmm. sequence she has in the movie. I, but I can't recall if it's ever. And it has to be in the book too. It has to I be right. I think that she might in the movie. Although it could be that she just has a dream sequence and then she sees um, flag in the shadows of the corn. Yeah, I can't remember. But I, want, I like the one I always think of is the one with Stu. Yes, and of course the one oh, with yeah. Nick because he can talk. He can hear. You know, yeah. I can talk. <laughs> I can hear. Um, uh, this was kind of like what Jim was saying, though. I do like how how real it looks. Mm-hmm. That was also mm-hmm. a concern, I think, of mine going in. Yeah. yeah. I do I do kind of like the miniseries. It, it has this kind of uh, supernatural, off-putting look to the corn stalks. It's kind of like it's mm-hmm. obviously fake, which I kind of like the surreal nature of that. Yeah. But if you're going to go the opposite direction, I appreciate that too. It just looks like you're in an actual giant, giant cornfield in Nebraska. Mm-hmm. What I also like is the fact that Franny, which you know, we, we've, we did the age difference, which is actually pretty legit to the book because Stu is in his forties or early forties, I believe. And then, um, and Franny was supposed to be in early twenties. And that is, you know, obviously true that like James Marston is in his forties and, um, Odessa Young who plays Franny Goldsmith is, is a 20 something. So, and, and I was a little worried because, you know, usually if you're casting young, um, they appear young on screen. Like it's mm-hmm. like, you know, the fact that we have 28 year olds playing like, you know, 17 year olds <laughs> on screen, you know, the fact that you get 23 year olds, then they really look young on screen. So like, I actually thought that she looks age appropriate here and like, didn't, mm-hmm. didn't seem jarring to me at all. 
Um, and it didn't come across as like YA-ish, which I was really worried about. Too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jen, have you seen Shirley? Yes, I love Shirley. Yeah, and also Assassination Nation, which Odessa Young is also in. Um, and when I first heard that she was going to be Franny, I just have a lot of feelings about Franny. I was like, I don't know if I see that, but I think she's going to add like a little bit of weight and like seriousness yeah. to that character. So I'm really excited to see her. Yeah, that was my other first thought. I was like, oh my God, it's Franny and it's Odessa Young, who I love as Franny. It's it's, yeah. it's an interesting choice for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely a weight. No offense to um, Molly Ringwald, but uh, yeah. she definitely she can go really, I'll tell you, I'll put it this way. If you haven't seen Shirley, Mike. Uh, it gets very serious. Yeah, yes. <laughs> she does so a good job. Good. In it, so. Nice. Yeah, she's, yeah good. she's great. That that was uh, you reviewed that, Jen. Um, I did. Uh, yeah. yeah, that was that's in my top three of the year so far. Yeah, mm. it's a. Uh, I, I got a. You got. I think you got two Elizabeth Moss movies in your top. I did. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> she's, she's great. She's she's killing it this year. She, but you know, Jesse Young is great playing with her. You know, like mm-hmm. so. I think which speaks to like kind of a, an up and coming actress. Yeah. yeah, she does have to. You do have to like kind of measure because I mean they basically go toe to toe in that movie too. And, yeah. and you're talking about Elizabeth Moss, who's yeah. been around for what 25 years now. Mm-hmm. If, we, if we all want to feel old, yeah, uh, <laughs> West Wing. Remember her as a child on the West Wing. Yeah. So, but she really she um she does a good job. I have some mixed feelings about the movie overall, but I thought she did a really good job in it. So, because I, I knew about this casting a while ago, but mm-hmm. I just didn't know who she was. Mm-hmm. Watched Shirley, forgot she was going to be in the stand, and then kind of like Jen watched the trailer and thought, oh, oh, this is good. This is yeah, I like this. Mm-hmm. Too. I, and I, I will it. say, if you haven't seen Assassination Nation, watch that because she's amazing in that. Too. that is that so? Here's the thing: is Assassination Nation? That's I know. I'm thinking of Anna and the uh, and the Apocalypse. That's which the, is also amazing. <laughs> okay, because that's a musical, right? And then Assassination, yes, Assassination Nation, Nation is not, is not okay. a musical. No, you're thinking <laughs> about con, you're thinking about conjunction junction. What's your function? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, oh Lord. Um, Mixing up phrases, words, and clauses. I'm an amendment to be, um, but. Um, I so here's one thing I will say. Uh, I've harped on this ad infinitum on this podcast. Um, the fact that Whoopi Goldberg is so like world renowned that I was really worried that having her in this, you know, in the miniseries was going to just take me. I was be like, oh, there's Whoopi Goldberg because mm-hmm. she's just so. I, I don't even know if I could like. Like we watched Ghost the other uh, the other night. No, it was like two months ago. That's what the <laughs> pandemic does to you. Time has um, no meaning, right? So, and 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 I loved it because I was like, oh, this is it's old school Whoopi. I haven't seen this movie in forever, but at the same time, I still was like, oh yeah, Whoopi Goldberg. And like, it's mm-hmm. because she's just so she's an icon now, and it's hard for me. It's like when I go back and watch like movies with Cher, or I watch movies with. Um, uh, oh, was it? Yeah, Cher is a good example um, for sure. But like, it's it's there's the, when you become an icon status, or like even Madonna. Like we were watching like Lily Leroy, and I was like, oh, it's Madonna. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because she's just so much bigger than she ever, you know, than she even was in the early '90s. And like, that didn't really like that wasn't distracting to me. Like in this, I mean, granted, it's thirty seconds, and she's in it for ten seconds, so who the hell knows? But mm-hmm. it didn't really like come to mind and be like, oh yeah, like this is distracting. It's what do you, it's Whoopi Goldberg. Like, you know, that it just didn't really like, you know, register. Like I thought it would, um, Mm -hmm. when I saw her initially on the cast list, like, I feel like she's like, like really absorbing the role here. Um, 
you know. It reminded me of John Lithgow in um, the Pet Cemetery yes. remake. Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I don't think, like, I still think Fred Gwynn is, like, the iconic version of that role. But, like, I was so worried that he was going to be John Lithgow, you know, like, out loud. And, like, and I feel like Whoopi Goldberg is, uh, again, in the 10 seconds. Like, I feel like she's she's actually acting a character and not, like, substituting her own personality for that character. Yeah. yeah she, she looks weary. Mm-hmm. In the, yeah. At least in the few seconds, that which I was, I was always worried that she was going to come off as like this. Hi, Franny, how are you? Yeah, you know, kind mm-hmm. of, I, but she does look like she's beaten down and worn out from everything going on. Yeah, well, yeah. let's just say that's not the last we see her uh, of, of her in the trailer, and there's some really interesting uh, stuff to discuss about uh, her next appearance, especially. I know because the wolf from. Um, I think it's uh, Pet Cemetery Two shows up, which is an incredible oh, yeah? Stephen King connection. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so our next shot. This is interesting. So our next shot is uh, the first glimpse of the four heading mm-hmm. to Vegas. Um, you see a good reminder because Ray is played by a woman in this yes, in this iteration, which yeah. is interesting. Yes, she's uh, she's played by Irene Bedard. Um, now that actually that casting came out recently because uh, r- when the the uh, was it the premiere date came out? I think like a week ago or maybe two weeks ago. Um, everything just blends together right now. But when uh, that came out, I remember uh, Randall had texted me about that and it was like, oh, well, there's also, uh, I believe, a rat woman. <laughs> That's going to be in <laughs> the miniseries too. So they're doing they're they are flipping some things. I actually think this is kind of a genius move. I've I've uh, my um thoughts on Ralph Bretner in the miniseries is uh, all for public consumption on our Patreon about how I can't really stand that performance in the miniseries. Just a little too um a little too um uber Christian for me. Um and a little mm-hmm. too like a uh, hallmark. Uh, and he's a great actor actually. He's been well. In I guess a bunch the bad news for you because this iteration is a priest. Oh really? No, just, I'm kidding. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, I will say, so she's a Native She was American Pocahontas. Actress. This actor yeah. played Pocahontas in the 1995 Disney movie. It's just, really? so, so it's, yeah. so it's, it's by her, by, by Ralph being Ray Brentner, I wonder if they are going to lean into her being, you know, Native American and how that's going to factor into the story, which is, you know, which almost kind of like plays up more into it because we, what we, one of the things that we talked about in the miniseries is that, uh, Garrus uh, makes a pointed uh, uh, direction nod when they're in the Boulder Free Zone meeting. They show, um, I think it was like what, like Puritans settling down into a town. And mm. we were talking about how it's kind of perverse because, you know, it's such a, a white cast mm-hmm. and it's supposed to be about, you know, you show this, this, this uh, image of people coming across America and then you're also showing, you know, the, the 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 free zone trying to take back the nation or the world etc america whatever it is but it's prim- you know it's primarily you know a white cast i wonder if that was i mean we, we you know boone is a huge fan of you know the series i wonder if like the fact of like all right like maybe we get someone native american to kind of bring it back to you know the the real concept like the real origin of this country the real origin of like you know the world and so i don't know maybe i'm thinking way too into it but like it, that 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 image of the miniseries did come up because that was something that like spawned like I think like a twenty five minute conversation on on the Patreon episode for us where we were just going on and on yeah. about that. Um, I uh, I think it just a lot of it has to just do with um, I mean look some knocks against the stand not just the miniseries but the novel over the years is that everybody's white right mm-hmm. and so I think they're just doing some correction here which makes total sense to me that's why yeah. you know Larry's played by a black man and mm-hmm. now we have a Native American playing Ray we've got Rat 
rat woman instead of just another <laughs> man playing another villain. Mm-hmm. And it made me, I'm, I'm sure we're going to see some more people along the way too from other ethnicities. It oh, just yeah. makes sense. It just makes sense. You don't think about when you're reading The Stand 20 years mm-hmm. ago, but you look back, you're like, wow, everybody here is white. <laughs> Even the right. white guys are white. Like, no, there's like nobody left but white yeah. people. Well, yeah. especially if it doesn't matter to the plot at all. You know, exactly, like I think yeah. it matters for Mother Abigail and she's maybe one of the few in the whole story that it would actually matter for. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a cool choice. And I'm, I'm interested to yeah. see how it's especially thematically and um, even just as a visual metaphor for the, the four going to Vegas mm-hmm. is is uh, it, there's something powerful about it, um, especially where they are. Uh, when mm-hmm. they're walking across land, I mean, they're going to be in the four corners, I imagine. Um, yeah. Big part uh, in American history. So I, I think they're, it's an interesting choice. I'm, I'm very, I, I'm, I'm more interested in the Ralph Brentner character than I ever have <laughs> been, uh, ever. Um, well, and hey, like, we're talking about the ethnicity of the character, but I mean, I love that they made her a woman, too. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know? yeah, exactly. I was talking to, um, I was talking about Stephen King's female characters on another podcast, and she, the person I was talking to had just started reading The Stand, and she, I was just talking about what female characters there were in there, and I was trying to think what they're there, there are some great female characters there, but I think we, it is very male, too, especially mm-hmm. the characters that have action, you know? Yeah. And so I'm yeah. glad to see, like, a little more diversity as far as gender as well. Well, hey, speaking of diversity also, uh, Larry Underwood, uh, we've already talked about this, uh, you know, before just because the casting came out months or whatever, two years ago, 25 years ago. Um, mm-hmm. uh, this <laughs> actress had a hell of a year since that announcement came out. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, you think about what... Forgive me if I pronounce if I mispronounce the name. I think it's Jovan Adepo. Yeah, I think That's it is. How I yeah. would say it, I think. Uh, since because I knew he was in the Leftovers and he was in Fences with Denzel, mm-hmm. but uh, I mean he was. Too. <laughs> Sorry. What's that? I love Overlord. Yeah. He was an Overlord. Oh, is, you know I still oh. haven't seen that. That's it's, a oh huge. My God. Yeah. So black good. Hole in my in my viewing, I heard it's good. Great yeah. cast. But I mean, he played Hooded Justice on Watchmen. Yeah. And he was also in Ava DuVernay's really really good uh, When They See Us. Mm. About the Central Park kids, back which is in, huge. You know, the whole case. Yeah. So he's yeah. had he's having a big uh, a big year. So. That makes me excited because when this first came out, it really I think w- that he was confirmed for the casting. It really w- I think it was just fences that was like pretty much like the main thing that they had led on um, when he was on there. So I mean the, the fa- that the, what a t- talk about a fucking twenty nineteen for him. That's mm-hmm. pretty wild. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, when they see us is amazing. Uh, we that was one of I think that was. God, was it our number one for TV last year? I can't remember now anymore. It's such a, it feels like. Some of the best performances. There was actually, a, you could argue there was a, the last episode is basically a movie all its own. Yeah. And anyway, we can go on a whole thing about that <laughs> miniseries. It's really, really great. If you haven't watched it, check it out. Well, th- it's heavy, but check it out. Here's, here's what's also heavy. It, this is our first time, other than if you're looking at leaked photos, leaked set photos, by the way, that we're actually seeing um, both Greg Kinnear as Glenn Bateman and James Marston, your namesake, Justin. Yes. <laughs> Stu, as Stu Redman. Who, who, I'm, who I'm constantly mistaken, by, by the way. <laughs> Just yeah. annoying at this point. It's the yeah. sunglasses, uh, I think. It really is. I am, I'm pretty stoked for, uh, for James Marston to be Stu just because I've been in the corner for James Marston for a long time, ever since uh, the 1998 classic, Disturbing Behavior. Um, so <laughs> what about Campfire Tales? Remember that? Oh, God. Is That's he, straight to video. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. He, he had a, it's weird because I feel like his career, he's been the underdog for like, 
I don't know what, 20 years. Like he mm-hmm. kind of the underdog at the X-Men franchise alone. Um, yep. Never really got to do anything in there uh, except for a couple of good one liners in the first and second one. But um, he got to explode in the third one. Spoiler well, alert, Jen, but. I have a question for you, Jen. <laughs> what did you think uh, about James Marsden as a young woman growing up? Oh, man. I mean, he's very dreamy. That's the best part of disturbing behavior, I think. Um, but I, he's like so non-assuming, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I was always way more drawn to, like, the Josh Hartnett's and, like, the Joseph Gordon-Levitt's. But, yeah, he's just got this kind of everyman quality, which actually worked really well. He was in Mrs. America, and he was fantastic there. Yeah, really good in that, too. Um, But this was the first time, like, and I love X-Men. That's probably my favorite superhero um, kind of franchise. Um, But I didn't ever see him as Stu until, like, maybe watching this trailer, although you don't really get to see him very much. Um, But at that, and I think it's just because Gary Sinise is so ingrained in my Mm -hmm. brain as Stu. And every time I read it, I think of Gary Sinise. But I mean, I'm excited to see it. I think I love him and everything he does. So, you know. It's funny. I think the knock against him is is that he's so attractive. Yep. Yeah. You know, it's just like, oh, you're too attractive. It's a hard life, you know. (laughs) Well, here's a fun fact. But uh, so Greg Kinnear plays uh, one of my favorite characters, which I've gone publicly on Twitter and been shamed publicly by Randall Colburn uh, about (laughs) my thoughts. I remember this. I remember this thing. (laughs) If we were all like, if we were all like Glenn Bateman or Uh something like that, what was it again? It was. It was basically. It was basically like if we were all just patient and and logical, like Glenn Bateman, the world would be a lot better. Gift of Glenn painting or something like that. No, it was a photo of Ray (laughs) Walston that literally looked could have been Ray Walston in like fucking Fast Times at Ridgemont High when he like leaves Spicoli's bedroom. Like it was like a really grainy photo that looked like from like 1997 AOL, and I and and he just was cackling about it and i got so much shit for it because it was like the one earnest post that i wrote like that i wrote that was still not even that (laughs) earnest because it was basically just saying like whoa chill out like let's fucking like calm down for a second and and which is what he does and what i love about glenn um anyway but, but fun fact is uh so you know greg kinnear 57 years old uh right now so when he filmed this he was 56 how old do you think Ray Walston was when he filmed uh, or when he was starring in 1994's The Stand? Uh, uh, what, do you, what do you think, Jen? I think I, I might have a number. I, I think guess. 80. Ooh. Whoa. Wow. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, it's late. My math brain is off. I think he was probably, really I'm going to say he was 72. He was 80. Oh, my God. He was 80? Well, congratulations! He was running I around like a great. He's in good shape. He's not crazy. He's in good shape. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Man. I mean, so I guess I mean, technically he, I mean, he would have been seventy nine. All the way from the free zone to Vegas. I mean, that's incredible. <laughs> yeah. So definitely a younger, uh, definitely a younger Glenn than we. Yeah. Oh, look closely at the credits. Actually, says Glenn Bateman Jr. It's <laughs> <laughs> his son. It's but he's still tied to Ray Walston's uh, Glenn Bateman for some reason. Mm. Um, his father's taken over the role of the dog. Uh, <laughs> oh, to go find them later on. <laughs> oh Lord. Uh, okay. Well, so we see the those four huge characters finally together. Awesome. Next is Harold wandering mm. around. What is probably Maine? I imagine. Like, yeah. Cause it seems like he's in the neighborhood. I don't. Maybe he's in he's in Boulder uh, doing some digging. Um, uh, it could looks be like look, it's probably Maine. It looks on. like it's Maine, right? So yeah, Gonquet probably. Ooh, Owen Teague. Is Harold still got a hunky guy for Harold? Yeah, I gotta say, this, I still have an issue with this casting. Good actor, yeah, yeah. but too 
Well, I mean, what's he? It's just like it's just like the uh, non other team movie situation. What, what's he gonna do? Like slick his hair back, and now he's gonna be attractive to everybody? Yeah. Like I, I don't yeah. know. Starts wearing more leather than <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like yeah. yeah, yeah. He's a wild card from what I hear. Yeah, he is a real wild card. Uh, what was that show that um, was on HBO last year? And uh, is it Mrs. It wasn't Mrs. Flesher. No, it's not Flesher. But it, she, he was on a show last year on HBO. I that think you're right. I think it was on that Mrs. Fletcher show, the was it, Tom Parada adaptation. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Who also um, did? Who also wrote the leftovers? By the way. Oh, the really? In there, yeah. Oh, interesting. I wonder if uh, Adepo and uh, and this young man bonded. They might. They the might have been Tom Parada adaptations. <laughs> <laughs> They're like sitting there in the HBO offices and like Stan, Stan. Um, yeah. So he, Randall was watching that miniseries last year. I, I don't know if it's a miniseries. I guess it's a series. Um, it's a limited series. And said that he was he could totally see him as Harold. My problem is later on in this trailer, you see him with his exactly what you just said: slicked back hair. He's thin, looking great. Look, someone with body like crippling body dysmorphia. I Harold should be. Like we've always said that he's like young Philip Seymour Hoffman or like Philip Seymour Hoffman mm-hmm. circa Boogie Nights. Like that's sure. what they needed to go with. Like they needed to go with someone that has like a little bit more than like, oh, what you were saying. Like, yeah, if you like went to the bathroom. It wasn't like cleaners. Hollywood. Yeah. Pretty mm-hmm. or exactly. typical Hollywood, you know, yes. you a typical Hollywood star, you know? Um, yeah. Like the beautiful quirky, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like, you know. Patrick, it might work for Patrick Hoxeter, like it did Knit. You know, mm-hmm. we for all we know, like granted, he probably should have been a little, um, you know, m- more on the the, the um, fringe kid side. But like with this, it's just I don't know. It's again, it's like that's my 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 still my my fear of this is that like CBS All Access, all their like casts are pretty and like like um, perfect and like that sort of sterling quality kind of takes me away from reality a little bit. So. Mm-hmm. Um, and I that's mean, one thing I do love about. I'm looking at this cast of look like I'm looking at this cast of over 20 people, mm-hmm. and you can make you would have to make an argument that everybody here is attractive. I know, <laughs> everybody, mm-hmm. even Glenn's attractive now. Like, yeah, like, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's kind of crazy to try get in that that 55 crowd. I guess it's just I don't know. <laughs> look, that, that's the one thing I do love about the miniseries is that you get a lot of character actors from the 80s and the 70s. Um, you know, like what, 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 like when Stu's hanging out in the, the gas station in the beginning of this sure. miniseries, yeah. what is he going to be hanging out with? Like characters from like Friday Night Lights. Like they're all like, mm-hmm. you know, bonding together. <laughs> supposed, you know, like they all look great. Like they're all 10 I mean, out yeah, of 10. One, one of them is a played a cop in Friday the 13th part five, a new beginning, which we discovered in that episode. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, it's, so I, I don't know. I, the prettiness is still concerning for me, um, mm-hmm. for the miniseries. And it's going to take a little nuance to, to yeah. convince me um especially for that character too because mm-hmm. i feel like that's such a central part of his like motivation and arc you know yeah i'll, I'll just say this if i'm wrong i'll leave a note that says i'm sorry i was misled <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh nice nice uh well hey Look, speak- i am looking forward to this i'm really looking forward to this now i've talked myself into it already like yeah. Give me 10 weeks of this. Even if it's, mm-hmm. see, here's the thing. Like, even if it's bad, it's going to be so fun to talk about. Oh, I know. Mm-hmm. And I like, try to figure out, is it going to get better? Are they going to be able to maintain the quality? What do you think is going to happen in three weeks? Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to this discuss- these discussions again of, the, of, a, of a week by week show. Me too. Yeah. Me too. There's no way that it will ever live up to the standards that I have for it in my head. Exactly. Too, so it's, I'm just going to yeah. kind of accept that now. <laughs> and that's the problem. I feel like the longer these things go on, Gen 2 is like, it's yeah, like you said, it's impossible because yeah. it's just twenty five years of wondering, and then you, then over twenty five years, you've got the whole story, you've got your own cast in your head, you've got the whole tone in your head. 
So yeah. now if, if this if poor Josh Boone does anything off the beaten path, I'm gonna have I'm gonna raise an eyebrow, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like well, I even it, had the first trailer planned out in my head of what I wanted it to be, and it wasn't that, and I still like it. So. Oh, what was the trailer? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was. I, I have this like vision of myself sitting in a movie theater and just kind of being surprised because I see a young man wakes up in a tent, mm. and there's a, his partner is still asleep next to him, and he un, unzips the tent and he goes and urinates outside, and then you slowly pan out to like this devastation of the interstate, you know. And and you realize oh, it's Larry, and he goes into the tent, and it's um, Rita, right? Oh, Rita I like that. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, so, well, and then you get like the flash of all the the stuff happening. But yeah. well, we'll say this: that description is an amazing transition to our <laughs> next uh, our next yeah. shot, which was Larry and Rita looking around a post apocalyptic, which will probably be New York City. Now, in the original miniseries, they actually shot in New York City. That's not the case here. This was shot in Canada. Um, so I am assume I, believe it. I assume that he's still going to New York uh, in this. I don't has think, to be. I don't think they would change yeah. that. Um, speaking of young and pretty, um, you know, I guess Larry and Rita in the book are always supposed to be like pretty attractive anyway. So I guess I don't have too much mm-hmm. fault here. But I, when did Heather Graham become you know the, the, the seen as like this older older woman? Like I still well, don't I think see that. how old I, is Heather Graham now? I think she's got to be what in her mid to late forties. I think Rita Blakemore was what. Late forties, early fifties. So mm-hmm. it's, it's actually not that far off. Yeah, it's yeah. not. That's Which not bad. Crazy. She is. She, she's exactly fifty years old right now. So yeah, Heather Graham's wow. fifty. Yeah. Oh wow. my god. Yeah. We're old guys. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Well, that makes sense then. I mean. Yeah. If you look, she's still obviously one of the most beautiful people in the world. Oh but yeah. I'm sure, if you like put her up against, you know, like an Odessa Young, she will look older. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think her, I think it'll actually be good. Because Jovan Adepo still looks young, yeah. mm-hmm. so that would be a good juxtaposition between the young and the old. Yeah. Like it is yeah. in the because that's that's a big concern of Larry's. We, hope, we that's a whole other subplot, by the way. We can talk about yeah <laughs> his well, views on Rita. You know, yeah, but, right. Which is interesting to say the least. The, the, well, also we have to consider is that so a lot of this footage that we're seeing when they're actually in action of stuff that we know from the first book of the stand, these are all going to be like flashbacks because they've already mentioned that this is going to have like a lost sort of transition mm. like it literally starts the miniseries is supposed to start when they're like cleaning up the bodies and, and stuff in the boulder free zone and i think they're mm, having like yeah. they're going to then have like flashbacks to like where who these characters are or what happened which has me a little concerned but at the same time yep. really intrigued because i want to have something different you know i didn't want like mm-hmm. a a shot for shot remake of the miniseries which is what probably would have happened um so yeah. i'm excited to see how that goes but it does. It's something that was r- certainly on my mind when I was watching this for the third time. Where I was like, "Oh yeah, a lot of this stuff is good. Like, how long are these flashbacks going to be? Because I don't really mm-hmm. want like the first book to be rushed because that's like the best part of the book." Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah, you know. Anyway, um, moving on to uh, Stuart Stovington, <laughs> just mm-hmm. r- runs down the hall. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize that's what that was the first time I watched it because it happened so fast and that's so not the way I'd ever imagined it. Um, but this looks really cool. This was that was the moment that I got really excited. Like, it looks big, yeah, in a good way. I, I yeah. think, but by God, it's gonna be so hard to top that scene. Also from the miniseries. <laughs> I mean, the miniseries gets some justifiable knocks, but there are some still there's some real creepy moments like that. Mm-hmm. Stu's escape is probably my favorite sequence of the whole miniseries. I agree. So. Yeah, it's gonna, be, it's gonna be interesting to see how they top that, especially how it leads out where he like he falls into the ground. It's and great, then, like the uh, an American flag, and like the I, I, like I'm not a crazy patriotic person right now, but like if I watched mm-hmm. that right now, I would be like, all right, 
let's get you things got. going. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know. Um, so yeah, I, I'm I'm very intrigued to see how that goes. I really hope they don't sensationalize it because it'd be really easy to make it like, look how creepy this is, and like you know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Walking Dead-ish. But um, hey, it's the first season of Walking Dead. That's not too bad. But um, <laughs> okay, next one. Uh, we're getting close to. Uh, we got about halfway. So Abigail and Larry with someone in a. This is interesting. So Abigail and Larry. With someone on the hospital bed, which seems like she's having an epileptic fit, which I imagine is Nadine, maybe. Mm. Um, is it? I couldn't tell. Is it I his mother, either. maybe? Oh, but mm. why maybe, would like, Abigail seeing, be there? Well, maybe it's a vision he's having of Abigail there, maybe, or something Ooh, like that. Yeah, that's a good point. I couldn't tell who. I couldn't tell how old the person was in the bed. I couldn't, I couldn't either. I, I uh-huh. tried freeze phrasing it. And the thing is that like, you know, Larry's mom dies in her house. So it's, mm-hmm. it, it, maybe they change it. And then that's where we, I, I don't know. Like the only thing I think of is, is because Larry only really interacts with mother Abigail. Like when he first gets there. Mm-hmm. Right. So I mean, yeah. And then when she sends them, yeah. I don't know. It's weird. We'll it's, see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, yeah, that was December. the one I was like, mm, maybe it's Ray. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Yeah, it could be, you know. Um, I kind of hope that it's Nadine because one of the th- we've talked about this a lot on the actual book episodes for The Stand and also when we did our miniseries rewatch is the fact that, like, they never really give Nadine a fair shake and especially mm-hmm. Mother Abigail. Um, and that's one of my biggest, like, problems with the story is the fact that, like, she's just fated to be this evil person. So, like, no one's even trying to help her when the whole mm-hmm. idea is that you should be able to choose, like, you know, if you're going to Vegas or you're going to Boulder. But I remember we went back and forth on that. I think yeah. I, I didn't mind that because I feel like there are some people who, I mean, the places are just set for. And yeah. there's those people who are kind of in this purgatory of I, I must choose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I didn't mind that aspect of it personally. Well, I'm wondering. I mean, if I hope they kill her brutally. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do wonder. I don't, if I don't it, know. We'll see what happens with her. But who knows? We'll say, given the controversy surrounding Amber Heard right now, mm-hmm. I, I do think that if it is her, and if there's other shot that's down the road is also her, bravo to the team at CBS All Access for making it so that it's incredibly dubious as to whether or not it's Amber Heard, and they're able to still say, "Oh yeah, no, no, she was in the trailer." Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to recuse myself from this part of the book. It's okay. It's, <laughs> it's okay. okay. You know, um, those are stormy waters. They are stormy waters. Uh, storm of the century. Um, next mm. shot, Harold slapping himself. Mm. Pretty self-explanatory. We talked about that already. Um, then Franny pushing a car. Um, I didn't. Yeah, what, is she pushing? Is it a cart? I think it looks or is like it a, something. Maybe it could it's be her something. Oh, actually, could, that's probably what it is. But it looked, it was weird because it looked like a trunk. So maybe she did put him in a trunk or something like that. Maybe she wants to bury him in the desert. Um, she's dug a gigantic trench and she read Dolan's Cadillac. So she knows oh. like all the proper dimensions. Oh, God. What oh, if what, what did they did do that? Interesting twist. Like what? what, I'm what so if they, sweaty like, thinking just, about it right now. Just, like, and like Owen Cujo King. walks in the background, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's like a Plymouth theory. Uh, <laughs> Should we talk about this? Is Cujo going to make an appearance or not? I hope I so. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's, 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 that's that's trending on Twitter. <laughs> what well, you, you, you up here? You know how I yes, bet. Yes, but up here? He's is, hard to get, guys. I'm willing to bet 20 bucks this happens. They, uh, Stu stumbles upon Glenn, kind of similar how, you know, whatever, you know, the sequence was in the miniseries when he's painting out on the road or whatever. And yeah, oh they God, hang please. out for one night. And they're like, uh, hey, uh, hey uh, Cujo, come back. And it's actually, no, it's Kojak. 
I said Kojak, you know, or he no. says Kojak. <laughs> he tells him it's Kojak in a scene, mm-hmm. but then later on he's like, Kojak, no, it's Kojak or whatever. Like yeah. correct some of that. And that's when I roll my eyes and I don't ever see the rest of the episode. Um, but I hope yeah, it's not Or like that, he but. tries to bite one of them. He's like, hey, you got a real Kujo over here. Oh, my right? God. <laughs> <laughs> it's just. Uh, how about this car? If we drive it and it's like Christine. Um, mm-hmm. Don't need any yeah. hamburgers in why it. Why don't we just drive? To, why, why do we have to walk? And they're like, have you seen the cars around here? And then Christine drives by. <laughs> like a green goblin truck too yeah right ah, have you met my friend buick eight <laughs> <laughs> he's real boring oh lord sorry Hot uh <laughs> yeah good, good. still don't read it still that was fun that was fun um <laughs> i believe the next shot is nick andros looking up uh it looks it looked pretty much like nat wolf but or not now uh not with nat wolf but um oh maybe it was nat wolf so i guess it would be lloyd henry um i couldn't tell this if it was a good actor this he's is a good a, yeah this is interesting to me. I think it's Lloyd Henry, but it could have been. It looked a lot. It could be Henry Zaga also. I couldn't tell. Wait, I'm so, sorry. I take it back. I got Nat Wolf mixed up with the kid from Hereditary. That's, I don't yeah. like this casting. I don't no. like this casting at all. I thought Death Note was awful. I thought he was bad in it. Yeah. So, so there you go. There's my hot, there's my hot take. <laughs> we'll he looks see. a lot way too young to be Lloyd. Yeah, mm-hmm. come on. Give me Miguel. Yeah. Give me a bald guy. Give me like a right. bald. Yeah. Give me like an older woman or something. Let, let's go. I know. <laughs> well, either way, it's let's one. Let's live of them. up to Miguel Ferrer. Let's get. I, I know. Let's get Nat Wolf. Mm-hmm. I mean, nobody beats Miguel Ferrer, but not this. Well, that's mm-hmm. my problem. Is that like, all right? So they get Nat Wolf what because of the Nickelodeon tie? Because he was like you know a huge sensation. It just again, it's like these pretty castings that just are no. Well, I think also think about this. Um, they decided to debut this during the VMAs. Oh, yeah. That's actually a good mm. point. I mean, they're definitely going for something here. They're, go- they're going for an audience here. So, mm. Don't break my heart, CBS. Yeah. Well, we'll hey, they, they need that young crowd. They're going for the BTS crowd. <laughs> they really <laughs> yeah. do need it. Um, okay, so the next one. Um, <clears throat> interesting one. Uh, Glenn smoking on a carpet. I guarantee you that's the introduction of this character where we see him mm-hmm. like at home just getting stoned and like listening to like, I don't know, like an eighties band or something like that. Mm. Um, because that's the psychedelic sixties now for this era. Well, Glenn Bateman's mm. so old. He'd, probably, he'd be listening to when he was younger, he'd be listening to like the replacements. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that that's what it, it, it could be like, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's just so wild about this. Um, I am excited. I love Greg Kinnear. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's. I, I think he's. Yeah, I love Greg Kinnear. I mean, so. I know we joke about the age thing, but I, I, anytime I can see Greg Kinnear in something high profile, I'm happy about it. And yeah, I, this, he, this is yeah. the second casting that I'm. Well, this casting I'm second most excited about, and the Ooh. one that seems to just really click to me. You know? I think I know what number one is. Marilyn <laughs> Manson. I think we're getting there. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we uh, the next one uh, we get to see is. Uh, uh, Randall Levitating, I believe. Um, yeah, Mr. Flag. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Yep. That's my number one. <laughs> Your number one. We don't get oh. a little bit there. This is only a little bit. This is a teaser uh, mm-hmm. that we get to see. Um, what do we think about uh, Skarsgård as Randall Flag? Justo. Oh, my gosh. Uh, look, first of all, I think he's a very good actor. I want to get that. I want to make that button. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I just, he needs to have the kind of loose irresponsible swagger that flag has in the book and even the miniseries. I don't want him to play it like too cool and too badass. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I, he needs to have some like looseness, I think mm-hmm. some infallibility to him. I'm not sure. Yeah. The two of you. 
Jen, I don't know. Jen, go all in. You're <laughs> just, oh, just like, man. I just want to see him on the screen. <laughs> I, that is very true. Yes. Um, and I feel like he had a little bit of that in True Blood, although it was very much like contained, um, which is kind of the same in Big Little Lies. And as many problems as I have with that show, I loved him in it. Um, and, but you know what? I was saying the same thing about um, Bill Skarsgård as Pennywise. And like, it's so I think he's just going to bring something different to it based on like who he is but like the first time seeing him as this character like I was into the beard and I am really excited to see what he does with this because Flag never really scared me no you know exactly. and he was always kind of like yeah but I mean yeah so I guess <laughs> they're definitely going for that here um but like I want I wanted a little more menace with Jamie um Jamie Sheridan. Sheridan. Yeah, Jamie yeah. Sheridan. Yeah, yeah. And I just feel like he always had that kind of smile behind his eyes, which fits flag. But I think like Bill Skarsgård. Nope. Alex Skarsgård. It is Alex Skarsgård. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. What yeah the what third what Skarsgård, <laughs> I think, is on yeah. Westworld, right? You know what I wish they would do? We would the do like the, the thing from What Hot yeah. American Summer, which was like the outtake where like one scene you'll see like uh, Alexander Skarsgård like in like in his Vegas office. And then like they'll cut to like Lloyd. And then they'll cut back to uh, uh, like Randall Flagg and it's Bill Skarsgård. And then they cut back to Lloyd and they cut back and it's Alexander Skarsgård again. And you're like, wait, what? Did I just see Bill Skarsgård there? Like, um, if only it was still in network television and we didn't have, you know, rewinding and you could see it yeah. and go, oh, it would just been a fun way to fuck with you. Um, that would have been fun. <laughs> I was, the one thing that got me for Skarsgård and I'm really excited for is that, that, that early scene in Big Little Lies when he finally lets his guard down and you just mm-hmm. see him like flash at Nicole Kidman, that like violent sort of like, get, like he just like kind of freaks. I think it's, he freaks out the kid or he freaks out at her for a second. And it's the first mm-hmm. flash that you get it. And it, it's like the equivalent of like a rabid dog, like when, or not a mm-hmm. rabid dog, but like a dog that like has like, um, uh, angry tendencies and it will just like snap. Well, and I think that it's good because if he brings that to flag, that makes total sense. Exactly. That's what mm-hmm. flag is like. Cause then yeah. he yeah. kind of starts to lose it, especially as the book goes on, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, and he might not have that, like, kind of swagger, but I think he's definitely very, like, smooth. You know, it's almost more like mm-hmm. a Don Draper kind of character. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Like, Rob Thomas smooth. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'd love to see Rob Thomas in this role. Uh, yeah. Here's, here's uh. A, so here's the next scene. Oh, God, could you imagine Rob Thomas in this role? What if he was playing, like, Larry Underwood in this? And this is, like, mm-hmm. early 2000s when they made this. It would be like, all right, we got Rob Thomas as Larry well, Underwood. Well, instead of, like, can you help me on Ben, it's like, it's all access the stand. It's on CBS <laughs> December. And if it, oh it, but if it came out in like March, if it was like a spring thing, they would have like the Super Bowl. So like you'd see him like pop up on the corner, and he'd just be like playing with his Prat-tat-tat-tat. guitar. Mm-hmm. You know, the stand. Right. You know, he like points the screen with uh, Carlos Santana as Bobby smile. Terry. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, here, here's a here's the next uh, scene that I. You know, we hadn't seen anyone, uh, any photos from this yet. And I totally forgot about the fact that they were going to cast this. We see Julie Lawler. Um, yeah. Or, or, or Julie or Lowry. Lowry. Lowry, not Lowry, Lawler. Yeah. Um, Julie Lowry shooting Nick and Tom. And it seems as if Tom is playing a video game uh, or an arcade game uh, in the store, which if you remember uh, from our stand discussion in uh, the original miniseries is actually the same setting as Vincent's Doug store, which is a store that little Jamie Lloyd goes to in Halloween for the return of Michael Myers. Um, that was a nice little deep dive fun fact there, but we're back here talking about 2020s. The stand. <laughs> we're back in the free zone. Uh, so yeah. So Julie shooting at Nick and Tom, we know this scene. Um, 
Don't really get to see Nick and Tom so much, but we do get a good quick glimpse of Julie played by Catherine McNamara. Um, I, I, I don't never watch watched Arrow. No. So I guess for yeah. all the Arrowheads out there. Hey, the Arrowheads. That actually makes sense. That does make sense. Yeah. The Arrowheads out there would know more. I'm not sure. Jen, did you ever watch Arrow or any of the CW shows? I, no. Um, I've kind of been catching back up to them in quarantine, but no, I didn't ever watch them um, Same. back then. Yeah. I just saw she's in, attached to Urban Legend, which is interesting. Hold on. They're remaking Urban Legend? I guess so. Yeah, it says, oh, it says rumored. So who knows? Maybe I just spilled the beans. This is a casting that does strike me as very beautiful when I don't know if that character, like part of that character's, her thing is that she wants to be beautiful and she's just not quite there. And like, she's just such an ugly person inside. So I don't know. Although I liked seeing the scene, you know. It was cool sure. to see this because it's a, it is like another iconic. Like they were very they're really pointed about the scenes they're putting in here because they all are mm-hmm. very iconic and there are just enough differences where you're like, "Ooh, okay." For to get like the deep like, you know, like people like us, like the you know, the deep mm-hmm. constant listeners and constant readers. But um yeah, cool. Great to see that yeah. they're going to go there. I I I wonder if they are going to actually have it where they hook up because that's not something yeah. that is, you know, I they cut that out. That. Yeah. We speculated they, they cut it out novel, because yeah. We, we 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 speculated they cut it out of the miniseries because Rob Lowe was playing. Oh yeah, uh, Nick. And at the time, I think there was beautiful. a little controversy. <laughs> but um, well, I think Shawnee Smith was in her twenties at that point. Yeah, I just meant like I don't think he was. I mean, Nick Andrews is a pretty innocent character in that miniseries, and I wonder, uh, yeah, true, given true. the time, if he yeah. was kind of like, eh, let's you know what they probably. Well, I heard that, that that the character of Tom is going to be portrayed differently in the miniseries as well i heard there's gonna be some changes with that character i was wondering about how they were gonna do that yeah because that's the big wild card for me because like i feel like bill foggerbach is that yeah Mm -hmm. yeah he just i just love him so much from coach and i mean it was what 25 years ago so i think there's some grace to that but i mean that is that could so easily go wrong and tank the entire thing i know yeah, he was in. Uh, so Brad William Henke playing Tom. Uh, he was in uh, Space Jam <laughs> as the star sketcher. <laughs> no, he's been in a bunch of du- stuff. He's been in World Trade Center uh, mm. as Allison's brother. No, I'm just I'm really shortening him. Uh, sh- he's he was in Choke. The first thing I really recognized him in was the Chuck Palahniuk adaptation Choke, which uh, major character in that uh, side character. Um, and since then, he's been in a bunch of stuff. Uh, he played in the NFL. Did he really? Did he? Yeah, he did. I mean, he was more of a college person, but he played in the NFL. Let me see. Hold on a second. Oh, he's in the Giants. Wow. He was he drafted by the Giants, picked yeah, up by the Broncos. the Broncos for a year. Yeah, and then he, and he played in the, the Super AFL. Bowl. Holy shit! Yeah. Wow. Wow. The first Super wow. Bowl I ever saw was that Super Bowl, actually. So oh wow! This is all coming full circle for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're about to come full circle because we only got two more shots. So one is this is a shot that actually had a lot of people on uh, our Twitter. Uh, you know, raising some flags and uh, no pun intended and some question marks <laughs> because we don't really know who this is. It's uh, someone in a cage uh, looks like I think it's rat woman. I think it's Fiona D- Dorf. Ooh, interesting. Okay. Do you know who Fiona Dorf is Mike and is Jen that, for that matter. Do you know who they are? Brad Dorf. Do you know who she is? Brad Dorf. Yeah. She's in the, the latest um, Chucky movies. Oh, she's yeah. the lead. Yeah. You know, basically she's good. Really? She's good. Honestly, I, 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 when I heard about the recasting, I thought, Oh no, she'll be good in this role. This actually looks a lot like her when I'm lo- when I'm looking at the photo that because I, I did a screen capture because they show her first like up close and then they show the actual wide shot of her in this cage. 
And maybe it does make sense. I mean, look, Rat in a Cage, Smashing Pumpkins makes mm. makes sense. Mm, despite they, what, all of her rage. What if they play that when they're Jen? Have you been to Vegas? I have not been to Vegas. Mm-mm. Mike, you have been to Vegas, right? Yeah, not a fan. But, but yeah. I'll say that this looks like Vegas. Yeah, this Does looks it? like the, the the cheesy, glitzy green. I, I, no, don't get me wrong. I've enjoyed going to Vegas, but this looks like Vegas. <laughs> they yeah. captured it well. <laughs> I mean, what do we? If, if it is Ratwoman, she's in this cage. I assume that it was like something that Flag put up really fast, and it could have yeah. been like because they were speculating it could have been Nadine. It's not. It, it definitely is not Nadine because I don't think it. I just don't see no, why she would be dressed yeah. up like this. So I do think you're right. I think it is actually Ratwoman, and it does really look like uh, Fiona Dorf. So let's just go with that. Um, our last shot, and this is interesting, and this is the one that really got me excited, is Mother Abigail in her home with a wolf on the uh, on the table staring right at her. Now, this is interesting because, A, we have a lot of material, supplemental material, with Mother Abigail in the story or in the story, the book that was never used in the miniseries that could easily be used. And I think this speaks to that in favor of that, that we might actually mm-hmm. see some background because as we know, the wolves um, are flags like minions almost. Like he sends them to mm-hmm. kill the kid. Uh, he sends and the rats and the rats uh, that are, yeah. are another way to, to kind of send out there. And then also the wolves attack Kojak at that house in Hemingford home because Kojak goes the, the route and the, this wonderful brave dog is able to find his way. Um, and uh, so maybe there's a scene what we see that they kind of um, tinker those like those supplemental scenes with mother Abigail when she's alone in her house and she's preparing for this meal that mm-hmm. when the, the whole, you know, the whole team's going to get there. Um, I, I doubt we're going to get a whole episode devoted to her going back and forth between the two farms, but um, yeah. <laughs> It's probably that, good. Well, I mean, I think that's the other cool thing about this series. So the miniseries, all told, is about if you're taking commercial breaks, take them out, whatever. It's six hours, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm guessing the way CBS Access, I mean, liberally would make Twilight Zone episodes an hour long mm-hmm. to their detriment. I'm guessing that these will be solid hour-long episodes. I think so. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we're going to get like four hours more than we would have had back in 1994. That's pretty wild. So there's going to be so much, and I hope that they do stick to a lot of stuff we just plain didn't see as opposed to just trying to add something new to the story. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there's enough story there that just we just didn't get in 1994. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I think there are like key character traits that um, if you've read the book, you know exactly what's going on and you already like this character. But like the Mother Abigail scene where she goes to the other house, that's what, like 70 pages in the it's book? A or long at least it feels like it. Yeah. And I remember the first time I read it, I was like, geez, what is, like, how long is this chapter? And now I really like it because I know what's going to happen and I'm not kind of trying to rush through it. And that, like, is really where we learn so much about her character. Yeah. And I wonder if we're going to get flashbacks to her as a younger woman, too, well, which I think would be really interesting. Well, if we, the thing that's crazy is that, so, we get a lot more time, but I don't think it's enough for us to have like bottle episodes, so to speak, you know? And right. I think that yeah. that episode, like that whole scene or like would be like a great, like almost like the fly in um, like Breaking Bad, you know, like mm-hmm. it would have been such a cool, like one-off episode had they gone with like the five season approach of the stand versus, you know, a limited series like they, which they could have done. I mean, for yeah. Christ's sakes, they did <laughs> under the dome series that went on for, you know, multiple seasons. They could have easily done Ooh. that with the stand and probably still done it justice. Like I actually think mm-hmm. that I mean, we talked about this uh, uh, so many times on needful tweets episodes where they, 
had they decided to make this like a long series, like the walking dead or something like that. And they decided to go with five seasons. Like you would have been able to cover everything in this book. And that would have been something that you I could would have do. said you could have done three, 10 episode seasons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that would, and be I would plenty. watch it. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been plenty of, plenty of story. You I'm surprised they didn't do that. I mean, cause it would have been, uh, I don't know. It's, Whatever. We're not there. It's so. recognizable IP in two ways because people know the stand. People know Stephen King. Yep. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm surprised that they didn't do that. But, it's uh, weird. Yeah. They better not try to extend it, though, under the dome style. Oh, Lord. Oh, Could Lord. You what, what if that's the coda? Well, you know, like, they, I'm sure you discussed this, too, in the past. But, I mean, the last episode is written by King. It's a whole yeah. new ending. So, I'm very curious to see what that's going to look like. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. So, what do you uh, think that is going to be, he said it's like an ending that he, or that's a, a thing. story so he's think, wanted to say. Yeah, that's the thing. Do you think that episode nine will be how the novel ends and then the epilogue will be new and there'll be its own episode? Or do you Might think be. that he's going to literally change what the ending of the novel is? Well, it's like weird the climax, because see, here's, the, here's the odd thing. Something must have happened in pre-production to go from like 10 episodes, which is what they were initially ordered, to nine and I'm wondering if it's oh, is it nine now? Well, it's nine, mm-hmm. yeah. So oh, I I'm wondering, like, yeah. So it's a, it's a nine episode miniseries, oh. but they originally ordered ten. Mm-hmm. Like when this is, I mean, look, CBS All Access works in such weird, mysterious ways. Like you hear about pre production before they actually even officially announce it. So mm-hmm. you know the the initial uh, we're doing the stand was ten episodes. Then it became nine, and then it became well, King is writing the last episode. So I don't know what happened in there. I'm I'm interested to know like <laughs> what they took out. Like if they mm. if they or they just well, decided we don't need it. You know. Well, here's something that I've also discovered. We've we've talked a lot about everything we've seen and everybody that we've seen and who's going to be in this. I'm looking at this cast list and and all the people, all these actors have their roles assigned except for Marilyn Manson. Mm-hmm. Okay. And there is one role that has not been assigned in this cast list, and it's Trash Can Man. Yeah. Is he going to play Trash Can Man? Well, that's yeah, that's a that's a big question because I think so. Uh, one of the things that we thought was going to be was like the monster shouter. Um, that's what I initially thought, like a cameo. And, but yeah. I just don't. But maybe it is. I mean, there's another reason why they might be couching this, and it's kind of the same uh, filed into the same uh, area that we talked about with Amber Heard. He's mm-hmm. currently kind of going through a little controversy right yes, now. Yes, he is. So yes, he um, is. that might be one of the reasons why they haven't really announced it. I mean, he has a new album out, and they haven't really even been doing much PR on that really lately. So it's kind of odd. Um, and it's not odd. I mean, it's it makes sense because of all the stuff that's going on um, with Rachel Evan Wood. So like um, – or Evan Rachel Wood. Is it Evan Rachel Wood or Rachel Evan Wood? Evan, 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 Rachel, Rachel, Evan Wood. Rachel Wood, right? Okay. I'll tell you right now, his, I'm pretty sure – his song recurs in the second episode of Lovecraft Country. So they're not like taking them out of anything. No. Right? I'm pretty sure that's him too. Strangely I think enough. you might be right, yeah. Right, isn't it? Okay, I don't want to spoil anything, but... Well, he's yeah, so I'm looking forward to seeing doors. who he's... Maybe he's playing... You know, it's also possible he's just playing Franny's dad. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Could he's you imagine, old enough. Uh, yeah, that would be... Oh Lord. Mm. Maybe you know, he's like, playing um, Freddy Wyzak. Teddy Wyzak. Oh, that would be great. Teddy is Maybe that's no, no. the epilogue. Teddy is listed here. Oh, oh is Teddy he? is listed here. Aeon so, is Bailey. Is it Stephen King? Oh. oh, you know who this guy is. You know who this yeah. actor is here. Oh, oh he's the guy it's that we talked Jen's about recently. Jen's ex-boyfriend on Dawson's Creek. <gasps> what? The bad boy. The bad boy. Ooh. He's playing Teddy. You know, we literally just talked about, about him 
I believe you're right. We did. Yeah, because we were talking about Band of Brothers, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Were we talking Crazy. about Jason Lives? I can't remember what we were talking was, about. We were before. talking about Band of Brothers with Randall or something like that. Yeah, something he was like talking that. about some podcast. Anyway, anyway, but so there we are. I mean, we yeah. got three months, three and a half months or so. Um, four months. Four months. Jesus Christ. Oh, wow. We got a while. We got a while to go. We're probably going to see a full trailer. I imagine we'll drop sometime. Um, I'm trying to think what's the big next big event. Maybe we'll do something the, for the, the Emmys. T- is it is the Teen Choice Awards coming up? <laughs> the Teen Choice Awards. They probably are. Maybe the Nickelodeon <laughs> Choice Awards. Uh, Would love to see Marilyn Manson and having like slime dropped on them presenting the trailer for <laughs> CBS All Access is the stand. Uh, he's like holding a book. You know, like, uh, you know, J- Stephen King is just the master of Stephen horror. King, if you think <laughs> I'm fucked up, wait till you read Stephen King. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, God. He's like wearing like a Cujo sh- or a Pet Cemetery t-shirt or something like that. Mm, it's like from mm-hmm. the 2019 uh, remake. Um, well. Oh, sorry. You know, there's actually some titles for episodes. Ooh. Oh, is there? Yeah. Okay. So, oh. It still says the 10th and final episode will be directed by Josh Boone, but you're saying it's definitely nine now, huh? They said it was okay. nine. That's sort of weird. All right. So well, one is the, the, the first episode is going to be called The End. Hmm. That makes sense because he's and covering then I'm, the end. I'm, I'm assuming these are in order. Um, blank pages. Franny's Diary. Yeah. Yeah. Carol's. Uh, Pocket Savior. We all know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> Larry. Um, Suspicious Minds. Hmm. Nadine. Yeah, it could be Nate, oh, or it yeah, could be Rita, maybe, right. and Larry. I don't mm. know. No, po- um, that would probably be Pocket been. Saver's probably Larry. Yeah. So Suspicious um, Minds, who would that be then? Hmm. It could be House Harold. Oh, could yeah, be. you're probably right. Yeah, you know? yeah maybe House that's what. Oh, like, you know what House of the Dead is going to be. That's going to be Stovington. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Vigil. Which is probably going to be about the Nick Andrews thing, right? The, or mm. Bye Bye After the Blow Up, right? After mm-hmm. the yeah. Spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, if you're listening. Um, I know. I'm kidding. Right. <laughs> we literally discussed the entire story. Yeah. 30 minutes. Um, uh, and, then, and then The Walk. Who knows what that is? <laughs> I bet but it'll but be then, long, though. <laughs> and then I guess the eighth episode is untitled, or the ninth episode would be untitled right now. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. No, the eighth episode. And the ninth. Is going to be the Stephen King one that he co-wrote with Owen King. Mm. Of course, the last time he teamed up with Owen King, I... Uh, was not a big fan. I'm not sure yeah. about you, Jen. No, not. Yeah, I didn't hate it, but yeah. Yeah, yeah I, didn't I hate also. It. It was just not I have to great. say, it worries me greatly that Stephen King is writing one of these episodes because that was when I checked out of Under the Dome. Um, I don't think he writes the best scripts, so I'm just gonna have a big old fingers crossed for that episode. Yeah, well, it's, I think. Yeah, it's it's, it's tough, right? Because I, he yeah. did Pet Cemetery. I know. I just I think it really just depends on the source material and under the dome mm-hmm. skewed so far from the the source material. That's true. You know, so if this is more faithful, yeah, we and, shall and see. somebody edits it for you know, like exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if he was like, writing and directing like it, I'd be a little more concerned. Launch. If this was like a maximum overdrive situation, oh, Lord. <laughs> yeah, or if he was writing all the episodes, yeah. yeah. Well, that's my concern with. Um, I mean, Lisi's story's got an incredible, like solid director. Julianne mm-hmm. Moore's behind it. And King is writing every episode. So I'm yeah. curious to see how that's going to play out because yeah. I love that, that novel. So yeah. we'll see. Well, Apple TV next year. I know. And what's <laughs> weird is that like Pablo Lorraine was like, well, I don't know when it's going to be finished. Like, he's really dour about it. I was like, look, you're an Apple Plus, like Apple TV. You think they're really going to let this like go off the hook, dude? You're going to 
be mm. able to finish this. Yeah. <laughs> like they're throwing 50 million, 100 million, no, 300 million dollars to like Martin Scorsese to do the, you know, the flowers, the kill moon or whatever the hell it's called. Killers of the Flower Moon, Killers great, the flower uh, great. Moon. Everybody out there, if you haven't read it, it's just it's uh, especially during these times, great read, yeah. very informative. Um, it's good, excited. It's gonna, be, it's gonna be a great movie. I'm looking forward to it. And you know what, Mike, I'll tell you right now, if this movie's three and a half hours long, it'll be worth it. Okay, mm-hmm. I was gonna say maybe that'll be our next uh, barometer for the the you know for Halloween is to say is it better <laughs> than <laughs> Killers of a Flower Moon? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll be like, no, it's not. Absolutely not. Yeah. It's a great movie. <laughs> oh Lord. Well, it, look, this is fun. December 17th, uh, we're going to be, God, we're going to be making our stand. Um, we are going to be doing week to week, just like we did with the first season of Castle Rock. Um, I think it only makes sense to, for us to do episode by episode. Um, we're not going to just be doing roundups like we did with The Outsider and how we did it with the Castle Rock season two. Thank God. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's exciting. Uh, we, we have already kind of uh, penciled in what our... Uh, Ooh, our the rest of the year is going to look like. I mean, it, it's it's really exciting. We got a lot. We got a couple of new features that are going to be uh, in the Losers Club regular feed that uh, are just going to just light your hair on fire. Um, very <laughs> excited for them. And then um, I don't know. We'll see what happens in 2021. Like, is are we going to see some King adaptations? Is this going to be the last adaptation of King that we're going to see for a while? Just because a lot of them haven't gotten pre production. You know, they've only been in pre production mm-hmm. for now. So. Exciting stuff. Uh, Justin, what's next for Halloweenies? Mike, I'm so glad, I'm so glad you asked. Uh, we have got an episode in the tank. Our first Patreon episode will be out. I think it's going to be out on the 6th. Am I right about that? Or the 4th? Well, anyway, when you listen to this, keep an eye on, on all of our feeds. We're going to be covering uh, Near Dark by Catherine Bigelow, a uh, favorite vampire movie of ours. And then on the, on the regular great old feed, we're going to be covering Friday the 13th Part 7, New Blood. And then at the end of the month, Mike, I think you and the two mics are going to be doing audio commentary, right? Yep, we're going to be. I'm going to be recording my first audio commentary track for a film that I've only seen maybe like a few times. So it's going to be very interesting. I, and I love, I love uh, an American Werewolf in London. Um, one of my favorite movies. It's just not. It's not like Halloween or Friday the Thirteenth or Nightmare on Elm Street where I've seen it so many times. I could literally like quote. It's not just everything. playing all all the time. That was, that was yeah. the other thing about that movie. Yeah. Exactly. Like if I saw it once. You know, if I saw it playing on AMC, I got really excited because it was just one of those things where you're like, oh my God, I haven't seen this in like three years or four years where I don't think there's ever been a period in my life where I haven't seen Halloween within a a 12 month calendar year, if not (laughs) seven months. So interesting. Uh, Jen, what's coming up on psychoanalysis? Well, um, exciting stuff. We, um, I am almost done editing our Sinister episode. So our theme for September is Paranoia. And uh, we talked about Sinister. There is some sweater talk in that episode. And, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then earlier today, we actually recorded our second Paranoia episode on Fright Night and the uh. Burbs. So oh, I am double s- love. Yeah, and they paired like I was I hadn't seen the birds in a long time. Um, so I was a little unsure about how that was going to happen, but or how they were going to pair together. But they paired really well. So I'm really excited to put that out. And then our October theme, we are going to do. We haven't really announced this on the pod. So this is, I guess, a sneak peek. Um, we are doing PTSD and we are going to pair H2O and New Halloween together and talk about how Laurie mm-hmm. kind of shows reaction to trauma. So and we're also going to again, haven't announced this, but I think we're going to do some more like some fun episodes that um, ne- not necessarily as heavy emotionally. So I'm really excited about that. 
Lots like of hereditary. <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> Real lighthearted yeah, we're going to pair that with the Babadook, know? and it's going to be really... <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. And then no psychoanalysis needed. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, it's a lot of horror. I mean, it's ins- yeah. it's kind of insane how many... I-, I was looking at just putting this schedule together for Losers Club, and then also thinking about the schedule for Halloween, and then also realizing that we have this schedule for psychoanalysis, and then also for Horror Virgin. It's just there's so much that's going mm-hmm. on horror-wise that... You kind of forget, but look, let me remind you, you get this special episode tonight in the regular feed, but if you're a Patreon subscriber, you're going to be able to get our interviews with uh, the director and producer of The Shed, which has a lot of allusions and connections to King's Dominion. And then on Friday, uh, we're going to be back with uh, an episode on The Crimson King. So we're going to be talking about all the Dark Tower ties so far. Uh, because we didn't really want to go too deep on the three-hour insomnia episode that you just got on Friday, so God, you know, I think you got, I think you got some content this week uh, and mm. stuff to catch up on. And then next week we're back with a bag of bones and uh, got a lot of stuff coming up this month. That's really, really, really exciting. And uh, the book this month in September, um, which I haven't even gotten to September yet, but we're getting there. 24 hours by the time you're listening to this. Uh, Rose Matter. So start reading that. Yeah, I never read it. I'm, I'm looking. For, I'm yeah, going to yeah. be reading along with, with all y'all. I'm looking Exciting. forward to it. Exciting. Well, look, we are at our end, and we are looking ahead. But until then, we have to celebrate many, many, many long days. Days and, and pleasant, pleasant nights. Nice. I got some hot friends. Consequence Podcast Network. Murder in America is a true crime podcast that covers stories from all 50 states, including stories of mass shootings, serial killers, and lesser known murders. Do you find yourself doing more research after listening to a true crime show? Well, Courtney and I used to do the same thing, and that's why we created Murder in America. Our podcast dives deep into each case. Our storytelling will make you feel like you're right there within the case with us, watching it all play out. And we do not shy away from the graphic details. If you're a fan of true crime, then listen to Murder in America on Spotify now. Every town has its dark history. Hometown Ghost Stories is a paranormal podcast that goes town to town all across the globe, exploring the world's most haunted places, tapping into the dusty archives and the darkest corners to bring you the most terrifying stories of real people and their harrowing experiences. Hometown Ghost Stories dives into the history of haunted locations and investigates why and how these places earned their terrifying reputation. Rob, Dave, and Jesse go live every Tuesday night after an uninterrupted documentary-style breakdown on the case, followed by an open discussion with live viewers. Subscribe today to listen to Hometown Ghost Stories on your preferred podcast platform or watch the video version on YouTube and now Spotify. Head on over to the Bloody FM Podcast Network and check out Hometown Ghost Stories, if you're brave enough. (laughs) 